Hi, welcome to Scope, a podcast produced by the Duke Student Collaborative on Health Policy that features professors and students across campus engaging in health policy work. My name is Angela Huang, and I'm co-editor-in-chief with Ria Mohan for the Scope podcast. In this episode, we'll be featuring an interview with two previous interns at the Margola Center, Elijah LePay and Sophie Hurwitz. Enjoy! Hi, I'm Izzy, and I'm here today with Sophie and Elijah, who are both Duke University undergraduates involved in the Duke Medical Ethics Journal and recently were involved in the Margolis internship. So Sophie, would you like to tell us a bit more about yourself? Sure. I'm Sophie. I'm a current Duke senior studying neuroscience, global health, and child policy research. Um, And while I've been at Duke, I have been part of the Margolis internship program. Um, As you said, I've also been um, a writer for the Duke Medical Ethics Journal um, and a member of a Bass Connections research team since my sophomore year. Cool. And what about yourself, Elijah? Yes, thank you. My name is Elijah. I use he, him pronouns. I am a current undergraduate sophomore pursuing a program two or an individualized degree program in migrant health and healthcare access and application. Last summer, I was a Margolis intern, and before that, I was involved with a different Bass Connections project and have been involved since my freshman year. I have also been involved with the Duke Medical Ethics Journal since my freshman year and have been a writer and have written a total of three pieces, and I'm currently working on my fourth. Cool. Okay, so now I'm going to get into some questions. First, Sophie, what initially sparked your interest in medical ethics? So I found my way to medical ethics through policy. The Bass Connections team I've been a part of has worked to support the Early Childhood Action Plan here in North Carolina. Um, And so a lot of the work we were doing was thinking about policies that um, could be improved to better support young children and their families here in the state. And so thinking about the application of policy really inspired me to think about who policies best serve and who policies are missing. Um, And that coupled with my interest in clinical medicine and healthcare um, led me to think more deeply about health equity and health policy and medical ethics. Mm -hmm. And within that annual areas of study that you mentioned, like global health and child policy research, Are there any specific fields within those studies that you think are particularly important for exploring health policy? I've really, really drawn um, on my global health courses and my global health experience. I think it's super important to kind of get a grasp on, on what other countries across the world are doing, what their policies look like, what their healthcare system look like, looks like, how that infrastructure is or is not working. Um, so I've drawn heavily on my global health studies. I've also used what I've learned in the child policy research certificate program um, in thinking about how can we form policies and um, create healthcare systems that best serve children and their families? So thinking um, both internationally through global health and then through a child and family lens through the child policy research program. Perfect. And um, Elijah, also you're pursuing an individualized degree program, which you designed yourself. So could you talk to us a bit more about that and how you've use areas of that, that, what you studied within that to inform medical ethics and your interest in health policy? Yeah, of course. So 
I would say the story really starts in high school because I was really involved with my local hospital and they have what was called a medical food pantry. And that really got me invested in these questions about food insecurity and equity. And this is more social determinants of health, you could say. But from that time in high school, I really started thinking critically about these sorts of questions about food insecurity and access to these resources, because it was in a hospital setting, but it was so much geared towards what happened outside of the hospital. And when I came to Duke, I was fortunate enough to be accepted into a Bass Connections team that looked into food insecurity, specifically for the Latinx community here in Durham. So over my freshman year doing research in the food insecurity space with a focus on Latinx families and COVID-19. So those things together made me really interested in these questions about health and healthcare for immigrants and migrants, and also thinking about my personal background. So along with that and coursework that I took in the fall and the spring, I became really interested in investigating migrant health um, as a broader topic, not just within food insecurity, but really broadly thinking about policy and global health, but also culture, anthropology, sociology. So that's what led me towards really wanting to create my program two or individualized degree program. And that along with a very specific course, the global health course um, taught by Dr. Sumi Ariely on global health ethics of research really started to put things into perspective for me on really how a lot of these things have specific ethical implications. Before that class, I never really, um, even though I'd been involved in the medical ethics journal before that, I'd never really studied ethics like as a topic. I just read and maybe seen things before. So it was really interesting in that class in particular, seeing how a lot of the discussions, even before the Duke Medical Ethics Journal, seeing how there truly was this ethical implication towards so much of this work, uh, the work that we try to do, I think both Sophie and I, and more generally when it relates towards health, like health, healthcare, but for me specifically about immigrants and migrants. Cool. So obviously both of you guys have taking classes and high experiences at Duke which have led you and almost like fueled your interest in medical ethics and in particular Duke Medical Ethics Journal has been one of those and this question goes out to both of you of how um like how have you further explored your interest in medical ethics within DMEJ and tell a bit more about like what pieces you have written and what like pieces you hope to write in the future. I can start. Um, I started um, my first DMEJ piece was actually fired by the work of my Bass Connections team, which also was focusing on food insecurity. Um, unlike Elijah, we were focusing on specifically for children aged zero to five and their families and what that looks like in the landscape of North Carolina. So my first DMEJ piece um, was about childhood food insecurity and the ways in which that's connected to medical care. Um, and then the pandemic happened and my second piece was focused more specifically on the COVID pandemic um, and how it, how it disproportionately impacts um, children and families of color and from minority communities, both in the state of North Carolina and across the country. And then my most recent piece for DMEJ um, was focused specifically on developmental disability. I have a particular interest in autism and hope to one day become a developmental behavioral pediatrician. Um, and so my last piece was thinking about the ways in which telehealth has or has not benefited children and their families who are 
receiving autism services. Um, so those are my, my three pieces I've written thus far. Um, hopefully my next piece will also be focused on developmental disabilities and intellectual disability, um, but I'm working on that now. Yeah, and as for me, I feel like all of, yeah, all of um, my pieces so far with medical ethics journal were really intricately tied towards a class that at face value might not have a whole lot to do with medical ethics, but I found it a really interesting way to intersect classes that were not even global health um, with this sort of interest in medical ethics and um, migrant health um, in both cases, really. So the first one was my um, my freshman fall and what I would call the COVID year. Um, and that was when our, our theme was COVID. And I decided to specifically investigate this intersection between COVID and colonialism, because I was taking a course. I was in a focus program my freshman fall. Um, there, I was in one called on immigration and citizenship. Mm-hmm. And one of the courses was on decolonization and decolonization movements. And that led me towards my first my first piece for the Duke Medical Ethics Journal that really investigated the intersection between COVID and colonialism and how colonialism impacted COVID response in Africa and the nuances of whether or not former colonial possessions should reach out to their former colonizers when it came towards emergency COVID aid. So that was a really interesting piece to think about the implications and the health structures of those countries um, within the context of colonization, which I feel like is not as commonly a topic in the general conversation of um, medical ethics, but it was very interesting to write. And then in the spring of 2021, I took a course called Narratives of Migration uh, in the English and Culture Anthropology Departments. And I decided to investigate narrative-based medicine um, and specifically the ethics of relying too much on narrative-based medicine because there's been a, a fair amount of push to try and move towards listening more to patients, making sure that there's a um, patient-centeredness um, in the doctor-patient relationship. But looking at the ethics of how that could go too far, essentially, and make things too, too subjective. Um, so that was re- So it was really interesting to take what I was taking from an English class and previously an international comparative studies class and really apply that to medical ethics. And then in the fall of 2021, my piece was about, um, I think it was called Mutual Unintelligibility, and it was about language access, um, language access barriers, um, and how prevalent they are in hospital systems, and how as a result, medical schools should really focus on having more requirements for um, foreign languages, um, for admissions, and also within the structures themselves because of how COVID has played out for those who do not speak English in this country, um, greater disparities overall that plays into medical ethics in its own unique way. Um, And that wasn't actually based off of a class, but more of a conversation I actually had with a professor on topics that I was really interested in independently from classes. Um, And also to some extent for my um, best connections where we looked in to Latinx food insecurity, where um, language access problems have have and continue to be a really important issue, an ethical issue when it comes to things of thinking about cost. Um, So my current piece um, that I'm currently drafting, we'll see how it goes, 
But right now I'm trying to think of how in a lot of what are defined as vulnerable populations in the context of IRB and patient privacy laws. Um, they currently do not include immigrants or in status and undocumented immigrants. And I'm exploring the ethics of not having that as a potential barrier towards having immigrants, especially undocumented immigrants in research clinical trials for um, research clinical trials to improve um, medicine, particularly per, um, precision medicine. So I'm looking at the sources and really thinking about it. And it seems really interesting. And I hope I can make progress on that writing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, both of you brought up super interesting points and especially how, you know, not necessarily the usual areas of study that you think um, this type of knowledge will come through and how you can interrelate different um, areas of study or like focus in one specific direction. So with that, also you guys have had the really unique opportunity of being involved in the Margolis internship. So I just want to ask you a couple of questions about that experience and how you've applied the knowledge you learned in that program, you apply to other projects, whether that be in DMEJ or just in general life at Duke or and going forward in both of your careers. So Sophia, if you want to start us off with that. Sure. So my time as a Margolis intern, I was working on this food insecurity project I've been speaking about as a part of my Bass Connections team. So as a Margolis intern, I was I was working on that project throughout the continuation of the summer, which was amazing to have that extra time to dive more deeply into. At that point, we were analyzing our data and working on deliverables. One of the things that stood out to me most about the Margolis internship program was this year's, um, this past summer's journal club that had a health equity focus. It was through this journal club that I became particularly passionate about thinking about um, Black and Latinx children in North Carolina who are diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. Um, I actually was awarded the 2021 um, Bass Connection Student Research Award for this work. Um, and myself and my co-PI are currently um, working to understand the barriers and facilitators to autism diagnosis among Black and Latinx children here in the state. So that Health Equity Journal Club really, really inspired this study that now I'm the co-PI on, which is really exciting. Um, and then beyond that, I think it has also just shaped what kind of doctor I hope to become in the future. Um, I know that I want to work with patients from very diverse backgrounds. Um, I'm planning on taking two years in between Duke and entering medical school. And in that job um, where I hope to be working on research and seeing um, patients through the clinical side of things, um, I'm looking for an opportunity that that allows me to see diverse patient populations. Um, so again, it was this has all been been emerging. It was inspired by the Summer's Health Equity Journal Club, um, and that was an amazing. It was an amazing experience. As for my experience with the Margolis Internship Program, I was paired to work on a project with the Center for Policy Impact and Global Health, which is run by Dr. Gavin Yaney, but my day-to-day -day point person or point persons was Dr. Zin Marwin and Dr. Wenhui Mao. Dr. Mao is with the Center for Policy Impact and Global Health, but Dr. Zin Marwin was actually working with a different um, non-governmental organization called 
Community Partners International. So I was really coordinating with both. And I think I had a really unique internship program experience because I was working very closely with people in um, Myanmar or some other, some others might call it Burma. And it was really interesting circumstance because the work that I was doing, I'm not 100% sure if it was said explicitly, but I'm, I very much got this impression that the work that I was doing was work that was intended to be done by people in the country, in Myanmar, before the coup that occurred in the country happened in February of 2021. It was a regular part of my meetings with people on the ground in Myanmar. We would schedule, we would schedule our meetings so it would work well for people in Myanmar and other people who had been displaced because of the coup. Um, the work was specifically to research um, cardiovascular treatments and the cost effectiveness of particular treatments for cardiovascular disease and trying to figure out um, to what extent um, to what extent particular pre and post treatment plans would be cost effective and have the greatest impact in improving the quality of life years for uh, Burmese citizens. And the work for that um, started before the coup, um, but as more and more things occurred with the coup and also things related to COVID, it just became clear that they needed to put a pause on this very important work um, that they were hoping to really um, advocate for towards the Ministry of Health and Sports. But their hope was to advocate directly towards the ministry with this work and because of the political circumstances in the country that no longer was possible. My work was really helping with the statistics economic side to make sure that we could set up what was called a Markov model in order to make these in order to make this progress in order to make this progress work. And as a result of this, I was not only developing my skills in statistics and creating Markov models and creating mathematical economics models, something that I'd never really done in an applied setting before. But I was also really able to understand what was going on in, very, in a very literal global health sense. I was someone who was aware of what was going on in Myanmar and the coup, um, but being able during this summer hear from people on the ground about what was going on I hope it's okay to say, but there was one time that we had a meeting, just a normal meeting, and one of the people uh, that we've been working with regularly just said that he had to stop because a bomb had gone off in the neighborhood and he needed to check the neighborhood. Things like that um, was just a very humbling experience for me and something that made me recognize my privilege. Um, and that along with, Sophie mentioned the journal club, really allowed me to dive into these nuances about race and ethnicity. Um, of course, most were from the United States perspective. And I, when I thought about it, I reflected very much on the United States perspective of persons of color. But it was also really interesting to think about that from the Burmese perspective, and to some extent having a role in restructuring the entire project to make sure that ethnic minorities in Myanmar were represented to the extent, or at least recognizing that the data that we were given was not representative. Um, if people were familiar with the Rohingya crisis, um, those, those persons who had lived in Burma for years had never, were never represented in any data that we were given. It was directly integrate so much of the um, time with what I was working with Mark Boas towards um, 
these sorts of questions in my project and vice versa. Well, thank you both for sharing those stories. That's very insightful and some very like interesting and inspiring stories in there too. So also, what would your advice be to someone who recently has become interested in medical ethics and health policy at Duke? Like, what would you recommend the courses they may take or clubs they may be involved in or what, just to explore more about what may be a future interest for them? This is a very general answer, um, but I think Elijah and I are both prime exemplars of how health policy is really tied to so many different disciplines and areas of study. Studying health policy or hoping to become a physician, um, you can take classes beyond science courses, beyond global health courses. Um, for example, like my real passion at Duke has become looking at academic um, subject matter through a policy lens. And I think this is something I didn't expect would become such a strong interest of mine, um, but I would really encourage um, future students and, and those who are interested in pursuing um, careers related to health policy or health equity to explore while they're here at Duke really everything is connected to health policy and health equity. One of my mentors, actually my Bass Connections um, faculty leader, Dr. Rashina Chalera, um, once said that medicine is social and it's political and it's economic. Um, it really is all of the above. And I think that almost every academic area of study um, has some light to shed on, on health and health equity. And just to add on to that, I very much 100% second that. Um, more specifically, one interesting thing that I would give as advice is to actually take a class on ethics or global health ethics, because I found that to be a really interesting and unique thing. Like no class in high school had even touched on anything that we talked about in my global health ethics or research course. Um, and I think it might be a little daunting because you might hear the word ethics and or potentially sometimes people think along with it words like philosophy and just think that it's really hard and i'm not gonna try and hide and say that the class was super easy if you're really interested in these sorts of topics taking ethics actual ethics classes that introduce a lot of the concepts that i in turn have kind of used not only in my duke medical ethics journal but just generally in thinking about beneficence and non-maleficence and other key terms that you might need to know in exams one day if you actually take one of those classes um, the the value of taking those classes and coming into it with your own lived experience and your lens i think is really interesting like I didn't take my medical ethics class until I'd gone through this focus program on immigration and citizenship. So then I came into this global health ethics class really thinking about the nuances of ethics as it relates to immigrants. And in a way that really solidified for me this medical ethics interest and what I ended up making my program to my individualized degree program on. Generally speaking, I think it's, there is a particular value in trying to take um, an ethics class, a global health ethics class, something that really allows you to really expand and think more about ethics. And then from there, being able to really connect it towards particular topics that you're interested in. From there, you might be able to find something like Sophie said that you didn't think you were going to find. Yeah, definitely. I think that's 
true for lots of things you learn in undergrad too of how you know you may think you're really super focused and interested in one thing but actually taking a step back and taking more classes in a more broad sense tend to help you and find more avenues you can go down to even enhance the knowledge that you know and make you more rounded more aware of more things for the future so well thank you both for being on this podcast 